Thanks for checking out the One Church podcast today. If you're new to One Church and want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at imonechurch.com. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. So good to have each and every one of you here. My name is Brian Sparks. I'm lead pastor here at One Church. We're so honored to have you here. My wife and I have the awesome privilege of pastoring what we think is the greatest church, not just in Texas, but, but come on, in America and, uh, and probably around the world. So, uh, but we are very biased and we admit that. But uh, we're so glad to have each and every one of you here. Uh, we, uh, we have a lot of great things that are always happening. Uh, but before I jump into it, come on, we got to give it up for our Sulphur Springs campus. We love you, Sulphur Springs. Come on. I think you can do better than that. Come on, Sulphur Springs. We love you. So proud of all God is doing there. We're proud of Denver and Pastor Denver and Salem. They're doing an incredible job, and the whole community and the dream team are awesome. And uh, I always love dropping in and getting to visit whenever I can. And then while we're at it, come on, we might as well give it up for everybody watching online. We have people that watch from all over the world. If you're ever in this area, drop in. And uh, I, I have people, somebody that watched online here locally, they watched online all the time, and then they, they came, and they were like, you're right. It is so much better than it, than it is online. And the truth is, is it's because the people, the people make it great and uh, they're just awesome. And so come and drop in. We will make you feel right at home. And so we're glad to have you here. We've got uh, some great things happening. If you, if you look around the room, you probably see a lot of people in community shirts, uh, the shirts that say community. And the reason why is it's not a cult and it's not a club. It's community. And we believe here at One Church, we believe that you are meant for community. You, you, you belong with people and surround yourself with people. Come on. We have a tendency where we sneak in. Come on. We sneak in the back after worship started. I know you. Come on. I know you. And you sneak out before everything's done, before the final prayer said, or at the very last song, and you're out of here. And the truth is, is that we believe that you're meant to do life together. Uh, you need people around you to cheer you on in the good times and cheer you on in the bad times. And, and if you've never been a part of community and you've never been a part of the community groups, this is a great time to jump in because our summer semester is six weeks. So uh, normally our, our spring and our fall are 12 weeks, but this is a six-week series, and so you can jump in and you can be a part. A lot of them are really fun. We have a lot of great, fun community groups, and so you get to be a part of that if you want to jump into one of those. I'm doing a disc golf group. Come on. I'm horrible at disc golf. But I feel like I got six weeks to get better. Come on. And uh, so that's what I'm doing. So you can go to imonechurch.com slash groups, and you can see all the groups there. You can get signed up, get registered, and it's good to go. So, uh, And also, come on, next week we got Father's Day. Come on, where's my dad's at? Come on, where my dad's at? You in here? Come on. Uh, hey, you know... Um, we decided, we used to give people, uh, you know, all the dads, we'd give them a gift. All the moms, we'd give them a gift. And that's kind of what we did for Father's Day and Mother's Day. But now then we've gotten to the point to where uh, we could get you a gift, but it would be a, a crappy gift. And we feel like your kids already give you those. So, yeah, I needed another pair of socks. Thanks. Appreciate that. Oh, and I paid for them. Thanks. That's awesome. That's great. Good day. Uh, but uh, we, we've, uh, here, here's the deal is that we wanted to do something like we can't get everybody something awesome, but we're going to give you a chance to win something awesome. So you have to be here. You have to sign up uh, and, and get registered, and we're going to have a drawing uh, at both campuses for a big green egg. 
And uh, so you got a chance. Come on, dads. You got a chance. Don't send your wives to be like, I'm going to be on the golf course, okay? And you go ahead. No, no women signing up. Not at all. We don't allow, we're not allowing any women to fill out the form because we're going to stop that in its tracks right there. So big green egg, you got to be here. You don't have to be, you have to be present to enter, not present to win. We'll do a drawing after it's all said and done. And, uh, and we're going to give away, man, I'm like, I want the big green egg, but they told me that I can't, I can't register. I'm a dad, but they said it would seem rigged, which, which it probably would be. I mean, just saying. Just, just put, I, I, we'll still do a drawing. We would just, it would just be my name in the hat. So, um, anyway, so I can't, I can't sign up. So, but dads, come on, get your, get your families here. Uh, statistically, uh, Father's Day is one of the worst attended Sundays. And I believe at one church, we should make that not, not the, not the truth here. And y'all have been so great in bringing your families. Come on, you can go play golf. You can come to first service and then you can go play golf later. Come on. And, uh, and so be, get, get here, bring your families. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, on special days, it really means a lot when you bring your families to church because it's saying this, it doesn't matter. Sundays is God's day. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship God, and that is good by itself. Okay, I kicked off a uh, kind of a, a series within a series. We're at summer at one church. Come on, we got free popsicles for you after service. And, uh, and so we always have something fun going on. But I kind of kicked off a series within a series, a summer at one church uh, last week. And, and I'm calling this series Culprits and Cures. Culprits. And cures. So this is kind of a, a, a message that will grow you up a little bit because sometimes you need vegetables, right? So you're just going to have to bear with me. Luke 12, verse 15. We're going to deal with some issues of the heart because the truth is a lot of us live our lives dealing with the symptoms of our heart issues, but we never get to the root cause of the heart issues. We, we, we try to throw filters on it. We try to behave ourselves. We try to say, okay, I, and then when something pops up and all of a sudden we go, well, where did that come from? And the truth is, is it came from your heart. And, and we have these heart conditions and we have these heart issues that are going on. And here's the deal is that we, Christianity has made it about behavior modification. And God has always meant Chris, Christianity to be about heart transformation. See, he wants us not just to behave ourselves better. He wants us to actually, he wants to actually come in and begin to change us from the inside out and transform our heart. And that's what this series is about. Okay, you good? Luke 12, verse 15. Jesus is speaking. And he says, then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist of an abundance of possessions going to be okay, everybody. If you're taking notes today, you can title this message, A Culprit Called Greed. A Culprit Called Greed. Lord, I thank you right now for your word. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open, receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you use me. Speak to the hearts and the lives of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same in Jesus' name. And everybody said... You know, if you're an NBA fan uh, and you follow the NBA and you've followed for a long time, you've definitely probably heard of Pete Maravich. 
Uh, if you're like me and don't play, watch basketball or follow basketball, I never really heard of him. He was before my time. But, but Pete was one of these guys that was incredible. He was known for his scoring ability. He, could, he, was, he was always, uh, he, he was outscore so many people. He was an incredible basketball player. And in fact, he wouldn't just score more than everybody else. He gave everybody a show before he scored. In fact, he said this, he goes, you know, uh, uh, if I have the chance or the choice to make a basket or uh, do a show and then make a basket, I'm always going to do the show. And somebody goes, well, why? He goes, because I want to be a millionaire. And they pay you for the show, not for the basket. And he just consistently, but he was so good that he's actually still the NCAA Division I scoring record holder. Still today, I, I think he went a whole season scoring 40, an average of 48 points a game wow. through a whole season. Incredible basketball player. He was amazing. Everybody was in awe of him. I mean, this is back before, come on, uh, Dr. J and Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan. Come on, this is, the, this is the Air Jordan, which I feel like is the greatest basketball player of all time. But this guy, they called him Pistol Pete. Because Pistol Pete was so good and everybody was in awe of him, but something crazy happened. He had just come off a 70 game uh, uh, on the roads, doing playing 70 games. He seemed like he was in the best shape of his life. Everything was incredible in his life. It was going well. His career was rising, not going down. He was getting better and better and better. In fact, he was at the top of his game. And, it's, and on January 5th in 1988, he was playing a pickup game with some friends and he died of a massive heart attack at the age of 40. Turns out everybody was completely shocked because here is this, this is the NBA basketball player. He's healthy. He's fit. He looks good. He's got all of this stuff going and he never showed any signs and symptoms of anything being wrong. How could he have a heart attack? It turns out that Pete had an undiagnosed heart condition. He was born with only one coronary artery instead of the standard two. And he didn't know that he had a heart condition. Here's the thing is a lot of people go through their lives not knowing that they have a heart condition. But again, we, we treat the, the symptoms, we treat the, the, these things that are going on, but we don't ever really get to the root cause. And we're walking through lives and we have these things come up and we have these undiagnosed heart conditions. And obviously I'm not talking about your physical heart, I'm talking about your spiritual heart. And when you have an undiagnosed heart condition, it is dangerous. Because heart conditions are bad. Undiagnosed heart conditions can be fatal. If you're not careful, they end up creeping in and they begin to take over your entire life, over each area of your life, and it begins to affect every area of your life. And so you, it, it can be fatal to your marriage, it can be fatal to your kids, it can be fatal to your careers, it can ultimately be fatal to your destiny. That's why we got to always check our hearts. we got to make sure that our hearts remain good, not our behavior remains good. Because sometimes we can behave ourselves and it, like everything looks perfect. And you come in, you smile at the right times, and you say hallelujah at the right times, and you lift your hand at the right times. You say God is good at the right times. But the truth is, you got a heart condition. There's something going on in your heart. Heart condition that a lot of people deal with. And obviously nobody in this room. So y'all can just, y'all don't even have to take notes. 
Just write down the names of people that need to hear this message that you can send it to later. That's, that's, your, that's your job today. So a lot, uh, uh, but but uh, a heart condition that a lot of people deal with is greed. Wow. It's a heart condition called greed, and we think, man, well, what's the big deal about greed? Greed is a big deal because it will actually, it makes you not Christ-like. Because you can't preach the gospel without give. For God so loved the world that he... Come on, you all know it. It's painted on every fat man's belly at a football game. Come on. John 3.16, right? We know this. And here's the thing, is that greed is a big deal because we are supposed to be like Jesus. And we can't be like Jesus if we're not generous. (laughs) Greedy people believe this. They believe that they deserve everything that comes their way. And that everything, that good thing that comes their way... Is for them. It's for me. Come on, I, I hate it when people, when I get something, people go, you deserve that. Yeah. No, I don't deserve anything. Right. Come on. God is good to me and his grace is good. And I, I woke up this morning and I got breath in my lungs. And all of that is by the goodness and the grace of God. Because the truth is, is that I honestly, if I got what I deserve, I, I deserve hell. But by God's grace, I get eternal life and salvation. Amen? And so here's the deal is that greedy people believe this, that I deserve every good thing that comes my way. Greedy has a language of its own, and it says this, I owe me. I owe me. You don't know. I, I, I deserve this. I owe myself this. I, 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 I deserve better for my life, and it's I owe me. Most greedy people have a story to tell. And usually that story is maybe they grew up in a home where they, they didn't have any financial security. So they determined in their life that this is never going to be my family. This is never going to be my situation. And so they live their lives in a way to where they hold on to every dollar and they make sure that they will never end up in that situation ever. Maybe they were, uh, everything was going good and all of a sudden they made some bad investments. The economy flopped and now then they find themselves in a situation of bankruptcy and they had to dig themselves out, out of that situation and they made that decision from that moment forward. I will never do that again. And what happens is, is they begin to get greedy. The thing about greed, greed is it hides. I have never met anyone who said, I'm greedy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to let you know right now, I am greedy. They don't wear shirts that say greedy by nature. Come on, they don't. <laughs> they don't have that. Right. right? They don't walk around just saying like bumper sticker says, hey, greedy person right here. You know, greedy person on board. We don't have those, right? There's, I've never met anyone that admits to being greedy. But here's the thing is that I have met a lot of penny pinchers. I have met a lot of tightwads. I have met a lot of really careful people. I've met a lot of savers. I've met a lot of people that disguise it as one thing, but the truth is, is that it really is greed. And they get to this place to where they're going, man, you know what? I'm not going to admit it. I'm going to disguise it as something else. But the truth is, is that honestly, if I got really down to it, I'm a little bit greedy. See, saving and planning is good things. So don't think that I'm trying to say, okay, you need to sell everything you got. You need to give it all away. I'm not saying that. Because the Bible even says this, God has given us richly all things for us to enjoy. 
So it has nothing to do with that, right? Here's the deal, is that we got to watch ourselves because greed can creep into our heart. And it's okay to have stuff, but it's not okay for stuff to have us. And when we get to a place to where we're working for possessions and we're working for more money and this is all it's about and it's beginning to to take over our minds and it's consuming us, then we got to get to the place to go, wait just a second. No, I'm not going to let things control me. I'm going to let God control me and I'm going to live my life in such a way where I live my life for people, not for possessions. This is good preaching. Just go ahead and t- t- touch your neighbor and say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be, it's, remember, you're not, you're, you're writing notes. You're just writing down people who need to hear this. One thing that I found is that most every one of us can identify greed in others, but we can't see it in ourselves. I can diagnose it in somebody in a minute. You're greedy. I wasn't pointing at you. You agree, right? I can diagnose it in somebody in a minute, but the thing is, is that when I look in the mirror, I don't see it in myself. 54, for, uh, a recent poll Americans, uh, on Americans asked the question, what would you do for $5 million? Come on, that'd be awesome. $5 million, what would you do for $5 million? Uh, come on, forget the Klondike bar. If you would dance like an idiot for a Klondike bar, what would you do for $5 million? Come on. You can keep your ice cream. I'll just go buy another one. Come on. Here's the thing. 54% of Americans said this. They would listen to only country music for the rest of their lives. Some of you are like, man, that sounds like heaven to me, brother. What you talking about? Put on George. Let's go. Give me that $5 million. I didn't know they was giving that away. Here's the deal. Is that... the, the uh, I like country music as much as the next guy, but every now and then, you come on, you need a little James Brown. Um, 42% of people said this, that they would have all of their teeth removed. Come on, if you got $5 million, you can pay somebody to chew your food for you. Go ahead, baby bird it. <laughs> that wasn't in first service. See, y'all, did, y'all pulled that out of me. That's not right. of people said this, uh, they, that 24% said that they would live in complete and total isolation for the next 20 years for $5 million, 24%. Here was a sad one. 50%, half the people that were polled said this, I would let one random person on earth die for $5 million. I don't know. I don't know who they are. But I'll let them die if you give me $5 million. See, here's the thing is it's revealing something that we got a heart condition. Right? right? Because who would ever say somebody can die as long as I am rich? But people say that all the time. Somebody can can live less off so that I can live at a greater life. Greed is a sneaky culprit because it's never satisfied. It's never satisfied. Uh, when Crystal and I first got married, uh, we didn't have nothing. In fact, we had a coffee table. We had a, somebody gave us an old couch, ugly, ugly couch. And we had a coffee table that was broke and leaned forward. I'm not kidding. It leaned, you couldn't set anything on it. 
because it would roll off, right? So you, but it was a coffee table. We had a coffee table, and we had love, baby. And, uh, and I remember talking. We used to talk, and come on, you talk about your hopes, and you talk about your dreams. And we said, babe, if we could ever get to this level. Come on, if we could ever make this much money, we would be rich. We would be set for life. We would never need another thing. But here's the thing, is that once we got to that, the line moved. And we got to that line, and it moved again. And here's the thing, is that if you are working to get to a line, you will find out that that line is always moving because greed is never satisfied. And it wants more, and it wants more, and it wants more, and it'll never be satisfied. If I went around the room and asked everybody in here, how much more would you need to make to be happy? I can nearly guarantee you every person would say more. I would need more than I make now. And again, wanting to make more money is not a bad thing. Saving and planning is not a bad thing. Those are good things. But again, it goes back to this, that those things can't be our goal. Right. Right. Here's some symptoms of a greedy heart. You good? Hey, you ought to be me. I have to preach this. And in order to preach it, i got to live it out, right? So here's the thing. Uh, greedy people talk and worry about money a lot. You want to know somebody who uh, has a greedy heart? They talk and they worry about money a lot. Here's another thing. Greedy people might give, but they won't do it cheerfully. Oh, you, you fine, take my money. You, you, they're not going to do it happy. They, ain't gonna be, they might give to you, but they ain't, they're not going to be happy about it. Greedy people are reluctant to share with others. Because wow. they have this what's mine is mine mentality. What? Yeah, no, you ain't borrowing my chainsaw. I let you borrow my hammer and it never came back. So you ain't getting my chainsaw. Come on. Uh, I, I'm reluctant to share with others. Isn't it funny that we tell our kids to do something that we don't do? Uh, greedy people are poor losers. Wow. No, I'm just super competitive. No, you're greedy. Wow. Whew. Greedy people make a big de- deal out of small sums of money. Yes. Yeah. Come on. They make a big deal out of, they owe me 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah, come on. Oh, now they're going to dodge me in the store? Uh-huh. Yeah. I know. You owe me 10 bucks. It's 10 bucks. Get over it. No, it's the principle. No, the principle is, is that you have a greedy heart. Is it worth holding some $10, somebody hostage for $10? Greedy people talk like they barely have enough to get by. Well, I came into this world with nothing, and I still got the most of it. I don't know how we're going to make it this month. Barely squeaking by. I don't know how we're going to do it. Meanwhile, you're driving a brand new vehicle, eating at a steakhouse on Friday night. I don't know how we're going to make it. Barely got enough. Greedy people won't let you forget what they've done for you. Come on, you ever have that person that throws stuff up in your face over and over again? 
Some of y'all just got a new name for the list. Come on. <laughs> Greedy people are reluctant to express gratitude. You ever have somebody that's just really, they, they can't say thank you? They probably have a heart issue. It's not you. It's a heart issue. Greedy people are never content with what they have. And the last one here. Greedy people attempt to control others with their money. They want, they'll give if you will do. Greed isn't a financial issue. Greed is a heart issue. We've got to get to the root cause of it. Here's the thing is we got to, I, I know people that are poor and greedy. I know people that are rich and greedy. I know people that are in between and greedy. I know people that are young and greedy, and I know people that are old and greedy. It does not matter what skin color you are or where you came from or what background you are and how much money's in your account. Greed can affect all of us if we're not careful. Here's the thing is you never, uh, you never think you have enough, but you need to know this. If you're in this room today, you are rich. Some of you are like, you don't know me. (laughs) Yes, I do. You are rich. In fact, if you make $33,000 combined household income, 33,000, that means everything in your house, you make 33, you are in the top 1% in the world. Most, the world's population lives on $2 or less a day, and you spent $5 on a Starbucks. You know you're rich by the things that bother you. Your Amazon Prime package arrived a day later than it was supposed to. Oh, free two-day shipping? No, I don't think so. Three-day. You're rich. Your AirPods didn't connect to your phone right away, so you actually had to go in and connect them. Oh, my gosh, that's so annoying. You're rich. They forgot to put Chick-fil-A sauce, come on, in your drive through to go order where you didn't have to cook or prepare anything. The audacity. Your Wi-Fi is running slow, so Netflix keeps buffering. This ruined my Friday night. We have cars that live in houses called garages that cost more than people will ever make. And the the garage is nicer than most people's home. You're rich. Whether we like to admit it or not that we are rich, the question is, why are you rich? Man, I got to go. Why are you rich? What is the more for? My friend had a daughter, and uh, she was a little bitty, and she was sitting in a high chair, and they were out doing something, and they'd given her some cereal, and uh, she was eating, and all of a sudden, they heard this, this scream come out of nowhere, and so they ran in, and she had both her hands full, and her mouth was full, and she was screaming because the table was empty. And I wonder if that's the way we look to God. I got both my hands full, my mouth's full, I got a roof over my head. Come on, I got stuff in the attic that I hadn't seen in years. I got stuff in a storage building. In fact, I ran out of room in my storage building. And now I rent. I pay somebody to store my junk. 
I got piles and piles of just-in-case junk because you never know when you might need an old Atari with no controller. So I'm going to pay you to hold on to that for me, okay? And the truth is, is that we got, our, we got all of this in our hands, and the question is, is why? The crazy thing is, is that if you don't have enough, the first question you will ask God is, God, why don't I have enough? But why don't we ask the same question when we have more than enough? God, why have you blessed me? Why have you poured out into my lap so much? Why have you given me this abundance of stuff? Why do I have stockpiles of stuff? Why is all of this? Here's the thing, is that if we got to that question, we would begin to understand this, that God owns it all. We're not owners, we're managers. I learned that lesson a long time ago. I'm thankful that my parents taught me that God owns it all. Every time I've ever been to a financial planner, they always ask me this. What do you want us to do? What are your plans? The reason why is they don't sit back and go, I I don't send them a check and go, man, I enjoyed that shopping spree. Fun stuff. I'd be like, you're fired. Huh? They go, what's your plans? What do you want to do? Why? Because I'm managing, they're managing my money. And so if they're managing my money, then what I want is important. So why don't we ask God, God, why have you blessed me with the abundance? Again, I'm not saying sell everything you got and give it away. That's ridiculous. I'm saying, God, the abundance and the overflow in my life, how, why have you blessed me like this? How can I bless others? Last thing, and I'm done. The culprit is greed. And I think you know what the cure is. The cure is generosity. 1 Timothy 6, 18 and 19 says this. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So they may take hold of life that is truly life. Not in possessions, but in people. That's what it's about. It's about helping those around us. It's about being generous as often as I can. There was a very wealthy man who was on his deathbed and he told his wife, hey, listen, I want you to put a million dollars in the casket with me before you put me in the ground. She said, okay. After the funeral was over, her friend said, did you really do that? Did you put a million dollars in the casket? She said, absolutely. I wrote him a check. Here's the thing, is one day, you're going to give it all away anyway. One day, you're going to be generous. It's either going to be after you run out of time or while you still have time. So this is what I say. If I'm going to be generous anyway, why wouldn't I be generous when I can see the difference it's making? Why wouldn't I be generous when I can see a smile on the face? Why wouldn't I be generous when I can help the people out around me? Why not do that now? Because eventually, I'm going to be generous. So I might as well give now while I can enjoy the people it's helping now. I love what Andy Stanley says this. God has blessed me with more than I need. 
But I will not trust in my riches, but in him that richly provides. Because I have more, I will give more, and I will do more. If you want to break the grip of greed and make sure the grip of greed never gets on your heart, find a way to be generous always. Look for ways to bless people. Look for ways to help people out. Refuse to let it get on you. Amen? Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I know this is not an easy word to hear for everybody that we're going to share it with, and so we just ask that you bless it. Lord, I pray right now for every person in here. God, if there's anyone that is struggling with greed, Lord, I thank you that the word of God says... There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you reveal an area so that you can heal an area. And Lord, I pray right now, anybody that's struggling with greed, because maybe they had some hard things in their life, Lord, I thank you for healing their heart. Lord, that they walk out of here completely and totally free from greed. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye still closed, maybe you're in this place and you don't know Jesus never ask him into your heart you never ask him to be the lord of your life today's a great day to do that friend maybe you've tried to fill the void with things with money it seems like there's never enough you're trying to fill a god-sized hole with things i'm here to tell you that today that that void can be filled Maybe you're here today and you say, Brian, I've prayed that prayer. I've asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life. But I'm honestly, I'm not living like it. Today, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I've walked away from my relationship. But today, I'm coming back. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one's looking around. If that's you, you're going to say, Brian, that's me. I need Jesus in my life for the first time. Today, I'm going to rededicate my life to Jesus. I'm going to count to three, and I just want you to slip your hand up and put it right back down. I'm not going to embarrass you. We're going to pray a prayer together as a church family. You say, Brian, that's me. I need Jesus in my life for the first time. One. Brian, today I want to rededicate my life to Jesus too. Brian, will you pray that prayer with me? Three. Just slip your hand up and put it right back down. Amen. 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 Love you, friend. Amen. Can we pray that prayer together as a church family? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Take my sin. And by your grace take your righteousness. I make you the Lord of my life. I give you all that I am. I hold nothing back. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give it up for every person that prayed that prayer today. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, we are so excited that you made that decision today, and we want to celebrate with you. And so if you would do us a big favor, stop by one of our Connect tables on your way out and just let them know, hey, I made that decision for the first time, or I rededicated my life to Jesus today. We're not going to stalk you. Come on, we just want to make sure that you have everything you need as you begin this incredible journey of faith. Amen. One church, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially, you can go online to imonechurch.com slash give. If you chose to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior or rededicate your life to Him today, then you can text decided to 33733 so we can celebrate with you. Thanks for listening and have a great week.